Oh, hey, everybody. It's uh, Mike Leach, and this is a little literature. Sure. A big, big thank you to uh, my good friend Dustin Wilmus for recording this week's Sure. Dustin is the host of uh, The Five Count, which is a... Uh, excellent podcast and radio show out of Mankato, Minnesota, my hometown, my first love. Uh, check it out, and thank you again, Dustin. Uh, you sound like uh, like uh, Barry White as an angel. Um, whatever, whatever. Uh, we got some, uh, we got some emails. We got emails, we get emails, we get sacks and sacks of emails. Emails! And by emails, I mean email. We got one email this week. Well, it's technically two, but it's from the same guy. Uh, Brett... Our old pal Brett Draggy Dredge Drag Draggy Druggy uh, Subject line Asbestos Laws and Laughter uh, The Body of the Remail The Re <laughs> The Remail reads the email reads Asbestos is a fiber like material formerly used in manufacturing like fiberglass. It can be found in insulation pipe wrap siding and floor tile typically in material it is not dangerous however if released into the air can get into a person's lungs where it stabs in Ugh. builds up over time and blocks the lungs from getting oxygen i think the meaning of the von the meaning to the vonnegut story is that the more laws you pass the more ridiculous they get 213th amendment oh yeah it's, i forgot they had all those amendments in that story uh, also, it is better to aid those that need it rather than hinder those who excel. That's, yeah, yeah, that checks out. Uh, lastly, your drinking song actually made me laugh out loud at work. Nobody noticed. Oh, speaking of which. It's time for a drink, Mike poured from the sink. Sipping on some water, tell us what did you think? Um, that was, ooh, <laughs> you hear that little, uh, that was a refreshing gulp. I'm a little conflicted, though, because there's just a story of, uh, someone in Queens, two people in Queens getting infected with Legionnaire's, Legionnaire's disease after drinking the water. So I'm a little, I'm afraid I'm, I may be terminal after that gulp. Hey Siri, what are the symptoms of Legionnaire's disease? Legionnaire's? Legionnaire's disease is a form of atypical pneumonia caused by any type of Legionella bacteria. Would you like to hear more? Yeah, I'd like to hear, uh, as per my previous question, the, the symptoms of the disease. Signs and symptoms include cough, shortness of breath, high fever, muscle pains, and headaches, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea may also occur. Just doing a bit. I'm fine. I'll be okay. Thank you, Siri. 
Okay. Um, yeah, oh, and then uh, Brett also sent this email. I asked people to record themselves saying the word vague. Vague? Because I always say it weird, and uh, my girlfriend makes fun of me, so he sent this. This is his daughter saying vague. Adorable and informative. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, uh, daughter Brett. Uh, that's it for email. Did I close the thing? Emails. We get emails. We get sacks and sacks of emails. Emails. No T.J. Junso this week or Dan Leach. Um. I can't believe I'm complaining about that. Um, typically, their emails are just a huge waste of airtime. Uh, a little sad. Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder, I suppose. That's a beautiful uh, saying. I should uh, trademark that. Uh, this week, we're going to read... Oh, man. This uh, story, essay, pamphlet... I don't even know what this is. Uh, it's by Jonathan Swift, and it's it's something that uh, I've been I've heard about for years and years, and it's everybody says it's this classic of uh, satire, um, comedic writing, and I've just never taken the time to sit down and read it. And the, hey, that's what this podcast is all about. We sit down once a week and we read a great work of literature. Whether we feel like it or not, you know, and I'd say 60% of the time I don't. Um, uh, reading, reading sucks. But uh, it's good for us, so we do it. And uh, Jonathan Swift was an Irish author and satirist, best known for writing Gulliver's Travels. He was dean of St. Patrick's Cathedral in uh, Dublin. Born in uh, 1667, died in 1740-something. Uh, best remembered for his, his 19, or 1726 book, Gulliver's Travels. Um, kind of a cut-up, apparently. Oh, and he also created the name uh, Vanessa. That's a fun fact. All right, let's just, let's get this over with. A modest proposal for preventing the children of poor people in Ireland from being a burden to their parents or country and for making them beneficial to the public by Jonathan Swift. Oh, I should just say a couple of corrections from uh, last week's show. I, I, uh, I had mentioned um, Kurt Vonnegut uh, had passed away and I... I gave the wrong date i should have uh, i said he died on april i believe april 11th 2017 he actually died april 11th 2007 that was just a slip of the tongue um and also uh one other correction i introduced the story as harrison bergeron by uh kurt vonnegut i should have introduced it as kurt vonnegut by uh, harrison bergeron that would have been a fun little joke. Kind of a missed opportunity. Anyway, 
It is a melancholy object to those who walk through this great town or travel in the country, when they see the streets, the roads, and cabin doors crowded with beggars of the female sex, followed by three, four, or six children, all in rags and importuning every passenger for an alms. These mothers, instead of being able to work for their honest livelihood, are forced to employ all their time in strolling to beg sustenance for their helpless infants, who, as they grow up, either turn thieves for want of work or leave their dear native country to fight for the pretender in Spain. What? Pretender? The pretenders? Don't get me wrong. They weren't around in 1730. Uh, the pretender in Spain, or sell themselves to the Barbados. I think it is agreed by all parties that this prodigious number of children in the arms, or on the backs, or at the heels of their mothers, and frequently of their fathers, is in the present deplorable state of the kingdom a very great additional grievance. And therefore, whoever could find out a fair, cheap, and easy method of making these children sound, useful members of the commonwealth would deserve so well of the public as to have his statue set up for a preserver of the nation. But my intention is very far from being confined to provide only for the children of professed beggars. It is, as, it is of a much greater extent, and shall take in the whole number of infants at a certain age who are born of parents in effect as little able to support them as those who demand our charity in the streets. As to my own part, having turned my thoughts for many years upon this important subject, and maturely weighed the several schemes of other projectors, I have always found them grossly mistaken in the computation. It is true, a child just dropped from its dam may be supported by her milk for a solar year. Dropped from its dam? Is that a, a euphemism for thing down there? Um, Maybe supported by milk for a solar year with little other nourishment, at most not above the value of twos, which the mother may certainly get, or the value in scraps, by her lawful occupation of begging. And it is likely at one year old that I propose to provide for them in such a manner as instead of being a charge upon their parents or the parish, or wanting food and raiment. Uh, hey Siri? I didn't really want her to answer anyway. Uh, food and raiment for the rest of their lives, they shall, on the contrary, contribute to the feeding, and partly to the clothing of many thousands. Uh, all right, I'm intrigued. There is likewise another great advantage in my scheme, that it will prevent those voluntary abortions, and that horrid practice of women murdering their bastard children. Alas! Exclamation point. Too frequent among us. Sacrificing the poor innocent babes, I doubt more to avoid the expense than the shame, which would move tears and pity in the most savage and inhuman breast. The number of souls in this kingdom being usually reckoned one million and a half, of these I calculate there may be about 200,000 couple whose wives are breeders, from which number I subtract 30,000 couples who are able to maintain their own children, although I apprehend there cannot be so many under the present distresses of the kingdom. 
But this being granted, there will remain an a hundred and they do an hundred here. I don't think that's right. Everybody always says uh, you're supposed to put an a, an n before an h word. Like uh, you don't say a uh, a historic. You say an historic. Have I talked about this before? I think I have. Um, but I think that's uh, I think it's stupid. Looks stupid. Sounds stupid. Uh, don't do it. Uh, there will remain a hundred and seventy thousand breeders. I again subtract fifty thousand for those women who miscarry, or those or whose children die by accident or disease within the year. I mean, you wouldn't walk up an hill. I think I've used that example before. Um, tip of the hat to Brother Dan Leach for um, first mentioning that example on Facebook. Uh, the question therefore is how this number shall be reared and provided for which as I have already said under the present situation of affairs is utterly impossible by all the methods hitherto proposed for we can neither employ them in handicraft or agriculture we neither build houses I mean in the country nor cultivate land they can very seldom pick up a livelihood by stealing till they arrive at six years old, except where they are of towardly, towardly parts? Towardly. Siri's not going to know that one. Although I confess they learn the rudiments much earlier, during which time they can, however, be properly looked upon only as probationers, as I have been informed by a principal gentleman in the country of Kavan who protested to me that he never knew above one or two instances under the age of six, even in a part of the kingdom so renowned for the quickest proficiency in that art. Is anybody else uh, completely lost? I think he's talking about kids, uh, like, pickpocketing? But I'm not 100%, not even close to 100% sure. Um, I am assured by our merchants that a boy or a girl before 12 years old is no saleable commodity. Seems redundant. And even when they come to this age, they will not yield above three pounds, or three pounds and a half a crown at most on the exchange. Uh, which cannot turn crowns, it used to be currency back then. Um, which cannot turn to account either to the parents or kingdom, the charge of nutriment and rags having been at least four times that value. I shall now therefore humbly propose finally my own thoughts, which I hope will not, not be liable to the least objection. I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young healthy child well nursed is at a year old a most delicious, nourishing, and wholesome food. Ugh. Whether stewed, roasted, baked, or boiled, and I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee. How do you say that one? Is I say that right? Hey Siri. How do you pronounce fricassee? My web search turns something up for how do you pronounce fricassee. Have a look. Thank you. Let me click on this guy. Click on that. And then it 
disappeared. Okay, here we go. Fricassee. Do you want... How do you say that word? Get exclusive access to new words. Wow. We're always adding new words to our site. Make sure you don't miss out. I just want to know old words that are commonly used. Not new, brand new words I've always heard of. Gleb. Uh, is this it? Fricassee. Fricassee. Okay. Fricassee. That's how you say it. Uh, and I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee or a rag out. I don't know what that is. Don't care. I do therefore humbly offer it to public consideration that of the 120,000 children already computed, 20,000 may be reserved for breed, whereof only one-fourth part to be males, which is more than we allow to sheep, black cattle, or swine, and my reason is that these children are seldom the fruits of marriage, a circumstance not much regarded by our savages. Therefore, one male will be sufficient to serve four females. That the remaining 100,000 may, at a year old, be offered in the sale to the persons of quality and fortune through the kingdom, always advising the mother to let them suck plentifully in the last month, so as to render them plump and fat for a good table. A child will make two dishes at an entertainment for friends, and when the family dines alone, the fore or hind quarter will make a reasonable dish, and seasoned with a little pepper or salt, will be very good boiled on the fourth day, especially in winter. I have reckoned upon a medium that a child just born will weigh 12 pounds, and in a solar year, I, was, uh, I weighed 9 pounds at birth, and I was born two weeks premature. Can you imagine that? You're supposed to you gain a pound a week in the last uh, month or something. Would have been an 11 pound baby. Would have been a freak. Would have been a freak. Uh, what is that? Talking eating babies? What are we talking about? Record on the medium of the channel. Would, will weigh 12 pounds, and in a solar year, if tolerably nursed, increaseth to 28 pounds. How come that's the first time we do the F on the verbs? Seems like you either do that or you don't do it. I grant this food will be somewhat dear, and therefore very proper for landlords, who, as they have already devoured most of the parents, seem to have the best title to the children. <laughs> Devoured as in uh, suck them, drive uh, their, their money, I think. Is that a joke? Infant's flesh will be in season throughout the year, but more plentiful in March, and a little before and after, for we are told by a grave author, an eminent French physician, that fish being a prolific diet, there are more children born in Roman Catholic countries about nine months after Lent than at any other season. Therefore, reckoning a year after Lent, the markets will be more glutted than usual, because the number of popish infants... Hey Siri? What does popish mean? My web search turns something up for what does popish mean. Have a look. 
have to start putting a, a PG-13 uh, at the top of the show. Pat, bitch? What are you talking about? Sorry, Mom Leech. On Siri's behalf. Behalf. Behalf? Hey, Siri. Apologize to Mom Leech for your vulgarity. Who, me, she says, but not out loud? Why is, why is it out loud sometimes and not out loud? Uh, believe it or not, I think there are a couple of flaws in this technology. <clears throat> anyway, um, infant's flesh will be in season. We already did all that, right? Popish infants is at least three to one in this kingdom, and therefore it will have one other collateral advantage by lessening the number of papists among us. Papists? Uh, okay. We're, we're getting there. Almost done. I have already computed the charge of nursing a beggar's child. In which list I reckon all cottagers, laborers, and four-fifths of the farmers to be about two shillings per annum, rags included. And I believe no gentleman would repine to give ten shillings for the carcass of a good fat child, which, as I have said, will make four dishes of excellent nutritive meat when he hath only some particular friend or his own family to dine with him. Thus the squire will learn to be a good landlord and grow popular among his tenants. The mother will have eight shillings net profit and be fit for work till she produces another child. Those who are more thrifty, as I must confess the times require, may flay the carcass, the skin of which, artificially dressed, will make admirable gloves for ladies and summer boots for fine gentlemen. This reminds me of... Uh, Anybody's, don't, I don't want to give away any spoilers. You guys see Mother? Whoo! There is a scene in that movie that uh, is ringing a bell right about now. Uh, you guys should see it. It's awesome. It is uh, bonkers, that movie. As to our city of Dublin, shambles may be appointed for this purpose in the most convenient parts of it. And butchers, we may be assured, will not be wanting, although I rather recommend buying the children alive and dressing them hot from the knife as we do roasting pigs. A very worthy person, a true lover of his country, and whose virtues I highly esteem, was lately pleased in dis discor discursing, discoursing, discoursing on this matter to offer a refinement upon my scheme. He said that many gentlemen of this kingdom, having of late destroyed their deer, he convinced that he conv he conceived that the want of venison might be well supplied by the bodies of young lads and maidens, not exceeding fourteen years of age nor under twelve. So great a number of both sexes in every country being now ready to starve for want of work and service, and these to be deposited of by their parents, if alive or otherwise, by their nearest relations. But with due deference to so excellent a friend and so deserving a patriot, I cannot be altogether in his sentiments, 
For as to the males, my American acquaintance assured me, from frequent experience, that their flesh was generally tough and lean. Frequent experience? What are you talking about the flesh of 13-year-old boys? Frequent experience with that? Oh, apparently, I was reading up on this uh, Jonathan Swift character. His kind of on-again, off-again love of his life uh, he met when he was 23, and she was 8. I guess uh, he was like her tutor or something, and uh, I don't know when they actually started, uh, when they exchanged uh, class rings or whatever, but... That's, uh, ugh. Great. Um, but we can still appreciate his art, right? Uh, okay. Like that of our schoolboys by continual exercise, and their taste disagreeable. And to fatten them would not, oh, so this guy, this American buddy of his, he's not like, um, doing anything improper with these 13-year-old boys. He's just eating them. Okay. And to fatten them would not answer the charge. Then, as to the females, it would, I think, with humble submission, be a loss to the public, because they soon would become breeders themselves. And besides, it is not improbable that some scrupulous people might be apt to censure such a practice. Although, in justly as a little bordering upon cruelty which i confess hath always been with me the strongest objection against any project however so well intended but in order to justify my friend he confessed that this expedient was put into his head by the famous oh salmanazar salmanazar a native of the island formosa who came from thence to London above 20 years ago. There was something on the news yesterday about a guy from uh, some tiny little country in uh, Southeast Asia. What was it called? It was like Fandia? Something. I just never heard of it before, and it it amazed me that this world is so big that there are countries... I feel like I'm pretty, pretty versed in uh, geography, but there, are, I'm sure there are several countries out there I've just never even heard of before. It's not that I, um, I just did, like don't know much about their culture or landmarks or anything. Like that. I've just I don't even know. I had no idea they they exist. Um, maybe that's on me. Um, but whatever. I'm not. What am I going to sit here and read an atlas all day? I got to read about eating babies. Um, Formosa, who came from thence to London above 20 years ago, and in conversation told my friend that in his country, when any young person happened to be put to death, the executioner sold the carcass to persons of quality as a prime dainty. And that in his time, the body of a plump girl of 15, who was sacrificed for an attempt to poison the emperor, was sold to his imperial majesty's prime minister of state, and other great mandarins of the court, in joints from the gibbet, 
at four hundred crowns. Neither, indeed, can I deny that if the same use were made of several plump young girls in this town, who without one single groat, groat, to their fortunes, cannot stir abroad without a chair, and appear at playhouse and assemblies in foreign fineries which they never will pay for, the kingdom would not be the worse. No idea what any of that uh, paragraph meant. Wasn't, I was kind of half paying attention. Uh, some persons of a desponding spirit are in great concern about that vast number of poor people who are aged, diseased, or maimed, and I have been desired to employ my thoughts what course may be taken to ease the nation of so grievous an encumbrance, but I am not in the least pain upon that matter, because it is very well known that they are every day dying and rotting by cold and famine, and filth and vermin as far as can be reasonably expected. And as to the young laborers, they are now in as hopeful a condition they cannot get work and consequently pine away for want of nourishment, to a degree that if at any time they are accidentally hired to common labor, they have not strength to perform it. And thus the country and themselves are happily delivered from the evils to come. I have too long digressed, and therefore shall return to my subject. I think the advantages by the proposal which I have made are obvious, and many as well as of the highest importance. For first, as I have already observed, it would greatly lessen the number of papists, whatever that means, with whom we are yearly overrun, being the principal breeders of the nation, as well as our most uh, dangerous enemies and who say at home on purpose with a design to deliver the kingdom to the pretenders, um, uh, brass in my pocket, fame, hoping to take their advantage by the absence of so many good protestants, who have chosen rather to leave their country than stay at home and pay tithes against their conscience to an episcopal curate. Secondly, I'm really losing steam here. How much more... I don't want to, you don't want to know. All right, let's, let's speed through this here. Fourthly, where was I? Money, Episcopal, Curate. Secondly, the poorer tenants will have, will have something valuable of their own, which by law may be made liable to distress and help to pay their landlord's rent, their corn and cattle being already seized, and money a thing unknown. Thirdly, whereas the maintenance of an hundred thousand children from two years old and upward cannot be computed at less than ten shillings apiece per annum, the nation's stock will be thereby increased fifty thousand pounds per annum, besides the profit of a new dish introduced to the tables of all gentlemen of fortune in the kingdom who have any refinement and taste. And the money will circulate among ourselves, the goods being entirely of our own growth and manufacture. Fourthly, the constant breeders, beside the gain of eight shillings sterling per annum by the sale of their children, will be rid of the charge of maintaining them after the first year. Fifthly, the food would likewise bring great custom to taverns, where the vinters will certainly be so prudent as to procure the best receipts, receipts 
for dressing it to perfection and consequently have their houses frequented by all the fine gentlemen who justly value themselves upon their knowledge and good eating and a skillful cook who understands how to oblige his guests will contrive to make it as expensive as they please secondly that's kind of funny sixthly this would be a great inducement to marriage, which all wise nations have either encouraged by rewards or enforced by laws and penalties. It would increase the care and tenderness of mothers toward their children when they were sure of a settlement for life to the poor babies, provided in some sort by the public to their annual profit instead of expense. We should see an honest emulation among the married women, which, which of them could bring the fattest child to the market. Men would become as fond of their wives during the time of their pregnancy as they now are of their mares and foal, their cows and calf, their sows when they are ready to farrow, nor offer to beat or kick them, as is too frequent a practice, for fear of a miscarriage. Many other advantages might be enumerated. For instance, the addition of some thousand carcasses in our exportation of barreled beef the propagation of swine's flesh, an improvement in the art of making good bacon, so much wanted among us by the great destruction of pigs, too frequent at our tables, which are no way com comparable in taste or magnificence to a well-grown fat yearling child, which roasted whole will make a considerable figure at a lord mayor's feast or any other public entertainment. But this and many others I omit, being studiously of brevity. Uh, you've heard of the word brevity? Supposing that 1,000 families in this city would be constant uh, customers or infants for infants' flesh, besides others who might have it at merry meetings, particularly at weddings and christenings, I compute that Dublin would take off annually about 20,000 carcasses, and the rest of the kingdom, where probably they will be sold somewhat cheaper, the remaining 80,000. I can think of no one objection that will possibly be raised against this proposal, unless it should be urged that the number of people will be thereby much lessened in the kingdom. This I freely own, and t'was indeed one principal design in offering it to the world. I desire the reader will observe that I calculate my remedy for this one individual kingdom of Ireland, and for no other that ever was, is, or I think, ever can be put upon earth. Therefore let no man talk to me of other expedients, of taxing our absentees at five shillings a pound, of using neither clothes nor household furniture except what is of our own growth and manufacture of utterly rejecting the materials and instruments that promote foreign luxury, of procuring the expensiveness of pride, vanity, and idleness, and gaming in our women, of introducing a vein of parsimony, prudence, and temperance, of learning to love our country wherein we differ even from Laplanders and the inhabitants of uh, Topinam, Topinambu, Topinambu? of quitting our animosities and factions, nor acting any longer like the Jews, what? Who were murdering one another at the very moment their city was taken. Sorry, uh, uh, any Jewish listeners that may be uh, affected by this. On, on this, your holiest day of the year? What is it, Rosh Hashanah? Uh, Yom Kippur? I don't know. 
New Jewish New Year. Um, of being a little one another at the very moment their city was taken. Of being a little cautious not to sell our country and consciences for nothing. Of teaching landlords to have at least one degree of mercy towards their tenants. Lastly, of putting a spirit of honesty, industry, and skill into our shopkeepers, who, if a resolution could now be taken to buy only our native goods, would immediately unite to cheat and exact upon us in the price, the measure, and the goodness, nor could ever yet be brought to make one fair proposal of just dealing, though often and earnestly invited to it. Therefore I repeat, let no man talk to me of these and the like expedients, till he hath at least some glimpses of hope, glimpse of hope, that there will ever be some hearty and sincere attempt to put them into practice. But as to myself, having been wearied out for many years with offering vain, idle, visionary thoughts, and at length uttering, utterly despairing of success, I fortunately fell upon this proposal, which, as it is wholly new, so it hath something solid and real, of no expense and little trouble, full in our own power, and whereby we can incur no danger in disobliging England. These sentences are, uh, on average, 15 lines long. For this kind of commodity will not bear exportation, and flesh being of too tender a consistence, to admit a long continuance in salt, although perhaps I could name a country, which would be glad to eat up our whole nation without it. After all, I am not so violently bent upon my own opinion as to reject any offer proposed by wise men, which shall be found equally innocent, cheap, easy, and effectual. But before something of that kind shall be advanced in contradiction to my scheme, and offering a better, I desire the author of authors to be pleased maturely to consider two points. First, as things now stand, how they will be able to find food and raiment for an hundred thousand useless mouths and backs. And secondly, there, there being around million of creatures and human figure throughout this kingdom, whose whole subsistence put into a common stock would leave them in debt two millions of pounds sterling, adding those who are beggars by profession to the bulk of farmers, cottagers, and laborers with their wives and children who are beggars in effect. I desire those politicians who dislike my overture, and may perhaps be, be, be so bold as to attempt an answer, that they will first ask the parents of these mortals whether they would not at this day think it a great happiness to have been sold for food at a year old in the manner I prescribe, and therefore have avoided such a perpetual scene of misfortunes as they have since gone through by the oppression of landlords, the impossibility of paying rent without money or trade, the want of common sustenance, with neither house nor clothes to cover them from the inclement inclemencies of the weather, and the most inevitable prospect of entailing the like or great miseries upon their breed forever. Oh, there's a light at the end of this tunnel, ladies and gentlemen. I profess in the sincerity of my heart that I have not the least personal interest in endeavoring to promote this necessary work, for having, having no other motive than the public good of my country. By advancing our trade, providing for infants, relieving the poor, and giving some pleasure to the rich, 
Uh, give me some pleasures to the rich. I have no children by which I can propose to get a single penny, the youngest being nine years old, and my wife past childbearing. The end. Oh, okay. That was fun. Huh? <sighs> Just long and a lot of words that uh, I didn't know. Uh, Run-on sentences. Um, I mean, it's it was a it's a funny idea, but man, couldn't you have gotten that idea across and like? Four paragraphs? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I'm just not in a, in a reading mood today. Um, and this was written 300 years ago. So let's take that into account. Um, but it's a classic. And rightly so. No, it's... Uh, it's it is. It's a classic. And it should be. It's uh, audacious. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a funny, shocking, uh, memorable idea, and it resonates to this day with uh, the, uh, our elected officials trying to steal everyone's uh, health care away, uh, making us die in the streets. Um, just so they can have one, uh, one W in the column, uh, one notch on their belt, is that a saying? Uh, listen, I don't want to get political, but, uh, a lot of these, uh, Republicans are monsters. Anyway, uh, that was, a, that's the story by Jonathan Swift. A modest proposal. Thanks for sticking with it. If you did, um, kind of wish I hadn't. Um, and uh, I gotta go. See you next week. I'm Mike Leach, and this was a little literature. And thank you again, Dustin Wilmes. Sure.